You are listening to the Geeks Radio Internet Radio Network at geeksradio.com, home of Trek Off, the Not Safe for Work Star Trek podcast, Pop Off, where we geek out on comics, movies, and TV shows that are the superstars of geek culture, Podcast Who, the Doctor Who podcast with Phil Stamper, Ninjas vs. You, the official podcast of the Ninjas vs. Trilogy, and Garrett and RJ Go Hollywood, two regular guys trying to make it in Tinseltown. All of this is available for you for free by going to geeksradio.com or searching Geeks Radio on iTunes. Geeks Radio is a presentation of Endlight Entertainment. Warning, the episode you're about to listen to may include plot spoilers and naughty language, so listener discretion is advised. It's time for Trek Off, Benedict Cumberballs. Welcome to Trek Off. My name is Justin. And my name is Alexia. And we're we are, and today uh, we are joined for the second week in a row by, can I, I, I didn't say your last name last time, I don't think, because like, you never say it on the other, like, is it okay people know who you are? Ooh, I don't know. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Gino. Gino Younger. Gino Younger. Is if I was Benjamin Button, instead of getting older, I would get younger. Uh, <laughs> Gino joins us from the Delta Quadrant, um, which is a Star Trek Voyager podcast where they reviewed the episodes of Star Trek Voyager in the episode that, in the order that they originally aired. In the order uh, in which they were originally broadcast. And if you get uh, it wrong, Matt will be super pissed. Um, <laughs> so, so I love your your podcast, the Delta Quadrant. Um, and uh, it's one of the podcasts I listen to that I personally listen to. I got into the Delta Quadrant, um, and I've mentioned this before, like just doing searches for, uh, like for podcasts, for Star Trek podcasts. I listened to Make It So when it was on, and it was on very, very sporadically. And I didn't have any like Star Trek podcast to listen to, and 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 then I listened to JR, JR watches Star Trek for, for the first time, and then when they when I got totally caught up on them, I went to Delta Quadrant. Now I'm listening to Gamma Quadrant because you guys, I'm totally caught up on you guys. So cool. um, I, I'm so excited to have you on again. That's so uh, awesome. I mean, oh, I'm so glad you listened to the show. I mean, I really love doing our show too. And, you know, if, if you like that type of podcasting, great. But if you want to listen to a story too, I'm also going to point you in the direction of Star Trek Outpost because it's built like a Star Trek show, but... Ooh. It's, it's all made of people doing voice acting and volunteering. And, you know, if you want to get involved with the show, you can get in touch with the guys. They're on a Giant Gnome Productions. It's Star Trek Outpost. Um, but something similar is starting up on the same network that the Delta Quadrant's on, uh, the Trekmate network, and it's called Pathfinder. And I think it's going to be really awesome because it's the same kind of collaborative project where you've got a lot of different voice actors coming together and doing stuff. The downside is... When you've got 30 people submitting one line at a time, you can only really crank out maybe one episode a month. But I would totally point you in that direction. But hey, listen to the Delta Quadrant too. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, <laughs> I um uh, well we I mean you know of course, Alexi and I are huge fans of uh, of of Star Trek fan fiction types so because we you know we have a pretty strong connection to the Star Trek Farragut and now the Star Trek Phase Two people also I got an e a, a message from one of them that say they listen to our show. Um, cool. So yeah. isn't that neat? That's, That's awesome. so neat. Um, uh, and oh, and I'm trying to see who's the uh, um, there. Yeah, the 
I want to make sure that I name him correctly, so um, give me one second because I want to give a shout-out. I like to give shout-outs sometimes. Shout-outs are things that I like to give. And I want to give uh, a shout-out to uh, Jaime, I guess, Sanchez um, from Star Trek Phase 2. Um, who uh, who has said he was a fan of our show and that they listened and uh, and they're part of Star Trek New Voyages and Star Trek Phase Two. So thank you for contacting us. Um, and I know that like you know James and all you know and Jeff and all the other guys who like we contact you every week. Yeah, I know. But like I wanted this someone new. So there. So that's that. So I have a terrible Why do you history. Make everything so weird, dude. Because <laughs> I have this terrible history of like naming eight people and forgetting the ninth. So like I can't go. I also want to give a big shout out to. Like, so I want to give a shout out to everybody I've ever talked to ever. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to miss anyone. <laughs> uh, uh, so that's that. Anyway, um, we were in the middle of a very interesting discussion last week, and I'm glad that you're back with us this week. Uh, Gino, and in no way did we end that podcast and wait like 30 seconds and then start this one. <laughs> oh, man, the logistics would have been a lot better, huh? I could have had time to get another beer. So difficult to wait a whole week and then just jump right in again. So thank you for waiting seven full, seven to ten full days <laughs> full to rejoin day. us. For I'll have you know I'm wearing the same exact thing I, I was wearing then. So, uh, Which is a wait, Ghostbusters is that a Ghostbusters? You know what's great about that? Because... So we recently, we all, yeah, ten days guys, ago we lost ten day, t- ten days, eleven days ago now, or however many days it is going to be in the future, we lost Harold Ramis. It's the reason I'm wearing it. Oh, it's so sad, and it's not okay because then, I mean, well, I guess maybe they never should, they shouldn't do anymore because we were just watching Ghostbusters recently, me and uh, me, Mr. A, because uh, it was like, let's watch Ghostbusters, yeah. And then and then I was you know doing my naked guitar hero. No, it was rock band. And they had and Ghostbusters came on like that was one of the songs. I was like, I gotta play that one, <laughs> right? We like just watch that shit. So that well, I mean, was my tribute to, that was my tribute. And and if you think that's in poor taste, I I think that it's the thought that counts. No, 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 because I think that that was a beautiful tribute to do. So there. Well, and and you know I my my new um, crusade has been. To explain to people that he was not just Egon. Oh, I go, well, I know he wrote that shit. Him and right. it was. It was him don't and you understand? Together, right? He made Caddyshack. He made Animal House. Yeah, he, he made Stripes. He made National Lampoon's Vacation. Yeah. He made Groundhog he was, Day. He was the absolute triple threat, and and that's the perfect example I can think of of being eternal, because he is going to affect people forever. He yeah. tried to. He, he was one of the creators of SCTV. I mean. Like really? Yeah. This guy like, was huge. He was a legend. Just phenomenal. And every the president time president of the United States commented uh, yeah. about him passing. Because like, he knows I, what's up. You know what I'm I, saying? <laughs> I um again listening to um I was listening to Howard Stern today and and he was saying that it's a shame because nobody gave Harold Ramis a second thought in the last few years. And he didn't get nobody would go was going around going, Harold Ramis, what a fucking legend that guy was. Um, and I kind of wish that we didn't live in a world where comic creators, comic performers, comic movies and stuff. I mean, when's the last time you saw an out-and-out comedy get nominated for an Academy Award? I mean, just like, yeah. like, like it took him dying for us to go, fuck, that guy was amazing. Like, right? Why couldn't, like, why couldn't there be, like, a, a fucking, like, like, Lifetime Achievement Award for, for this guy to go, you know what? Fucking my childhood, the laughter of my childhood. Yeah. 
like you made it, man. You, you made brought such. He brought such joy to so many people. Like, Animal House. Animal House is in my dad's top five favorite films. Ghostbusters is in my top five favorite films. National Lampoon's Vacation is a, is one of like my my uncle's top five favorite films, and he doesn't like Ghostbusters and he doesn't like Animal House, but he loves Vacation. People who don't dig those kind of films at all and think those are a little too body love Groundhog Day. I mean, this guy, He's this so guy personal. is one of his films is in your top. You're listening right now, you guys out there listening. One of his films is in your top ten favorites. Maybe you don't like Ghostbusters. Maybe you don't like Animal House. But one of his films is going to be in there because the guy was amazing. Yeah. Just amazing. Like, I, it just kills me when you, you think about all the – I mean, even just from an actor standpoint. Like, even just – if you were just to look at his performance at Ghostbusters, he's so brilliant in that. The way he manages to say, like, completely deadpan, like, and mean that shit. Is so fantastic. It makes me smile every time he opens his mouth in that film. I cannot stop myself from just having the biggest, goofiest grin on my face. Well, and, and you know, as SCTV discovered John Candy. If you like John Candy movies, it's because he found him for SCTV. Hey, guess what? Do you like Do you like Ben Stiller movies? Well, you probably like Ben Stiller movies because you like Meet the Parents. Do you know why they made Meet the Parents? Because there was a little movie before it called Analyze This. Guess who made Analyze This? Harold Ramis. You know, like like Robert De Niro's career as a comic actor, which has been pretty big now, with all the Fockers movies and all the other things he appears in and stuff, which then he got to do comedies for like eight, nine years because his dramatic careers were like was kind of like failing for a little bit. And then he got to turn it back around into a dramatic career. Guess what? That's because he made Analyze This, that Harold Ramis was the genius who said, you know, what if we cast Robert De Niro in a comedy? Right? Like, nobody did that shit. This guy, like... Like, oh my gosh, miss you, man. I didn't know you, but you were a legend, and thank but you. But he affected our lives, and, and I'm thankful for that. Like how many fucking in the wind? How many fucking Ghostbusters quotes are in Ninjas vs Zombies in my first film? A lot. You know, like yeah. seriously, like I, listen. Honestly, you know how many times I quote Ghostbusters just like on a daily basis? Seriously, like what did you do, Ray? Like, I, I always say that shit. <laughs> you know what? In, in Ninjas vs. Monsters, in the new one, Ray has gone, bye-bye, Egon. What have you got left? It's right there right? as Kyle. As Kyle, The name, the word Egon is in Ninjas vs. Monsters. I mean, it's, which nobody has seen, but you're going to really see. Um, along with the Krakow <laughs> movie, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's happening. Just give us time. Yes, so um, it's taking longer than we had anticipated. But I'll have you guys know, before uh, I did enter anything ever involving your show, I did a little bit of internet stalking and saw your uh, YouTube preview for, we're going to make a trick-off movie. Give us some money. <laughs> it was pretty great. <laughs> it, well, we, we, we have the footage. I just need to cut it together. Yeah, we just need to do the editing. It's taking um, longer than so, so, you, so here, I'll give you guys an, a reason why before we get in, but like, like, if you want to peel, peer back the curtain a little bit and see what has been the most time-consuming thing that we've done, a lot of our of our movies can be con consisting of us doing live shows. Um, uh, we have um, like four or five live shows that we did Trek off, and then we uh, we shot another person's live Star Trek musical, which is going to factor in prominently. Um, and so, a lot of what I've been doing is syncing, like like sometimes four cameras. Up, like going sync this to here, and I'm doing it manually because I didn't get any of the software that does it. 
Um, so I've got all these like lines of video that I got to go. I just got to have it all synced up so that, that when I'm eventually cutting it, I can cut between and I know what I have. So a lot of uh, like the editing that's been done, I haven't really cut any of the movie together so much as I've synced footage from all the shows. So, you know, because we, when we're doing a show, there's camera one, camera two, often camera three, sometimes camera four going yeah. and, and it's just making it all match. So that's and kind of where we are. there's so much footage that we got, you know what I mean? Like, cause yeah, we did right. so much stuff, and we were like, "Let's get all of it." Well, um, and I and I also cut the I also cut our interviews that we did when we went out. I cut them all um, to where to like the most usable forms of them. And right now, um, if we just wanted to release all of Trek off, you know, that's worth watching, which is all of our shows, all of our live shows, all of our interviews, all the bullshit, all the extra footage cut out, all the mistakes, all that shit, cut that out. It's like eight hours long. Yeah, it's like it's not, and it's not like when when you're shooting a movie and you're shooting a narrative like the Ninjas movies. When you say eight hours of footage, you're like that's eight hours okay. of like you know multiple takes and you know what yeah. I mean. Like, no, this is this is eight hours yeah. of content that's yeah. that's there that then we have to cherry pick down to like eighty five minutes. So that's sort of where we are. We know what the eight hours are and now. It's a matter of cutting it down to the eighty five yeah. minutes. So that is where Trek off the motion picture is, and there's major stuff happening. Um, in terms of uh, ninjas versus monsters, uh, that its movement is happening. Um, I would be very surprised if we got to summer and there wasn't um, a way for everyone in the world to see ninjas versus monsters. But more on that Yay. when I can tell you there isn't anything more I can say right now. So enough of me being producer, Justin. Let's do Trek off. Uh, we were talking. We were talking about um, some proposed uh, series. Um, uh, an NCIS Star Trek, uh, uh, ER Star Trek, uh, Captain Warp Star Trek, and I thought it would be interesting to say, okay, um, what if we could do Star Trek? If we could do the new series, given where we are, uh, CBS comes to us, <laughs> and CBS says, okay, we've got to make a new Star Trek series. Um, what should it be? And I'd like to roundtable. I know we all have multiple. Um, options that we'd like it to be and sort of parameters where we'd like like it to be. But I'm gonna start with you, Alexia, and say what would like what would your Well like, so this okay. Yeah. So I have a lot of ideas. But what I'll start with CBS is, if you steal these ideas, these don't Don't like, do it, that because it's mine. Yeah, put our names on it. Just put our names on yeah, it and, just, and with smiley face. And just That's like all. yeah, or just like you know, cut it thin a little bit shit. Yeah, I'm hashtag trek off me this. Go. The fuck? Anyway. Um, the thing, because I was, like, reading, the th like, those, that article, and I was like, okay, so I understand that they don't want to take risks, and maybe they aren't ready to put a full-on nerdgasm Star Trek on. So, like, what would I be willing to watch that would be somewhere in between the two? Like, because it's not an NCIS clone, right? Yeah, and it's so, not so, an ER clone. But what I would do, what I would watch, what I would give a chance, even though it's still not really the Trek that I would, like, super, super want, would be a procedural spy show where we get to see inside... Um, I can't speak right now because I'm... My brain just farted. So it's Section 31. Thank you, baby. <laughs> Where basically... Hi, Mr. A! Mr. Well, hold on. We didn't hear from Mr. A at all last show. Can you can you give us a big hi, Mr. A, please? Hi, Mr. A, say hi. Can you give a big hi? Hi! We love you, Mr. A! Mr. A, we love you! They love you! Oh, I'll let you know I am a big fan too. of... 
He loves you guys, too. <laughs> Isn't that cute? I, I, I did just want to say that I, I really enjoy listening to you guys' show, so it's great to be here. I haven't said that yet, but thank you so much for having me on. Thank you, sure. Gina. We, we love you, too. Yeah. Yeah, we okay, do. Um, All right. If we're done sucking each other's dicks, maybe you Okay, all right, cool. <laughs> but, you know, I think that I would watch... That would be something that's still, like, sort of a procedural show. Like, spy shows are kind of procedural, and it's, you know... So it would be kind of like S.H.I.E.L.D. in that sense, right? But it would be Section 31, and I... And, and it would still be Star Trek, and I feel like that would give you a lot of freedom to not have to be concerned with... Um, like the stuff that we know because we don't know much about section 31 and a lot of the stuff that they do we don't know about right because like that's sort of the point so it kind of gives you a free pass to even throw in some episodes sort of like the trouble with tribbles episode um that they did the in um on deep space nine right when they sort of revisited and did like sort of a you know that was a great episode and they used old footage even to do it and i like I thought that was so cool, and that would give you the opportunity to have, like, moments of that where you would have, you could have every once in a while, like, an actual callback, legit, to, like, where Section 31 was, like, doing some shit, like, behind the scenes that we didn't know about, that, like, I remember watching that episode, holy crap, right, and, like, they were there, though, and they were contributing in some way, that we just didn't know, and you get to see that, and I think so that what era, what, cool. So what era are we in, though, with Section 31? Because we now have Section 31 existing in the new era as well. That's what I'm saying, we have, we have it existing throughout, like, it gives us such an opportunity to, to like, it really which, opens which that time, up, you can go anywhere. So, so you're a Section 31 show, okay, so we'll say, hey... Here's your first idea for a show. You want a Section 31 show. What timeline is it in? Hmm. And when in time? Well, I think... I mean, because part of why I want... Where I think you could still fit in, you could still have the Star Trekiness of... Even though it's sort of a, a spy procedural, because you could still have incidents that matter and that are reflective of what's happening in our world now. So um, it might be easier to do that in a, in a future timeline. It might give okay. us more opportunity to, to show that stuff. Um, but I feel like if we don't go as far back as like the original series or Enterprise, it'd be okay. I think we'd still have the ability to put in you know, sort of the stuff that's happening now. Because, like I said, a lot of times you don't see the stuff that they're involved in. So, that doesn't mean it's not happening. You know what I mean? That those, So, it gives you the ability to show that stuff. But I think, ultimately, I really want a show that treats women the way I want them to be treated um, in the movies. Uh, so, I'd love for it for us to actually show that, to reflect, you know, the women's rights and how far we've come and, and sort of help support that movement in some way and then in the ways that, like, the original show did, you know what I mean? Like, he was about, you know, furthering what we as human beings can achieve and, and I think that that's something that we should do in whatever Trek show is on. So, I well, think so, if we do so all right, so here's my premise. I mean, I, like, this isn't my premise for a show, but like, and and I want everyone to feel free to jump in on Alexia's premise here, because here we are. We're now in the yeah. writers' room. We're in the writers' yeah. room. So, uh, so the the name of the show we know now is Star Trek Section Thirty One. 
uh, I'm going to propose we set it in the new in the new timeline, and that we set it immediately after the events of Star Trek Into Darkness. I think this is good because you call it Star Trek Section 31, and you're gonna get all of the DS9 fans and all of the original. You're gonna get the people who are like, "Holy shit!" A show called Star Trek Section 31. Even if they're more fans of the old timeline, they're gonna tune into this one because it's called Section 31. Um, I think that you said it, but all the fans who like Star Trek Into Darkness and this know that it's a direct result of uh, of what you've just seen in the movies. And then uh, Gino can't hear me. You took off his headphones. Let's talk about Gino while his headphones are off. <laughs> Gino, from what I understand, so I, I we so we're all watching video feeds and we watch Gino take his headphones off and he just took them off. So Gino, if you don't suck dick, oh well, fuck, you're back. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um, it sounded like somebody was breaking into my house. No worries. Um, uh, so, as long as uh, you're safe and your dick is safe. Um, we're just yeah, talking so about your dick apparently. We're good. We're good. It's fine. All right. So, awesome. <laughs> so, so, what I'm, so what I'm proposing is that is that we have Star Trek Section 31 uh, branching off of Star Trek Into Darkness because we'll get the original time, the prime timeline uh, people in because it's called Section 31. But also, like, I think that's a great idea, Alexia. I think the next thing we do just to just to give it a like make it a ringer for for like original people. I think the. Uh, the like second or third officer, the third person in charge, not the first or second, but the third maybe, is Dax. Oh, that whoever, would be cool. Whoever Dax would have been at this time, if it's Curzon, whoever it is. Is it Curzon? It's you know I don't know. It's been a while. I know is. Whoever it is, whoever it is, let's just say that the events of Star Trek Into Darkness have made it so that Dax has to be part of this, and we never mentioned the prime timeline. We ne- we just you know make it Dax. And if it's possible that this is the timeline where Dax might have died and Kurzama, maybe you have the Dax character. You just know we're doing a seven-year show and around year three we're going to kill Dax and make Dax Kurzama. You just make that a known factor. Maybe you even in season two bring on another trail named Kurzama or something so that you're setting it up. And everybody who knows the show sees Kurzama, we know what's going to happen. It's not going to be, is it going to happen? It's going to be when's it going to happen. Yeah. Um, and then you and then you have I agree with you. Let's make a woman, uh, the captain, but not like the mother who's got to no. be who, not not like oh I'm a woman captain. We're gonna call everybody a family. We're gonna call no. it hey, we're family. We're gonna yeah. no. You know it's it's you you essentially make it so that she's a female captain. Um, but I do say let's make her a mother as well. The way that Cisco was a father. You explore. Because that's an aspect that we've only ever seen in terms of, you know, the only mother we've ever really seen is uh, is fucking um, Keiko O'Brien. Well, here's I, the no, thing. I think if we <laughs> do it though, I think if we do it though, we we don't start there. I think it's interesting, especially because she's in Section Thirty One, which does like, you know, admittedly potentially some shysty stuff. You know what I mean? What like, we, so what if we so, what if we base her on like Kate Mulgrew and we do start her there, but she's married. She's married to a civilian. She's married to a fucking house husband. She's okay. basically basically we take a page from Zoe and Wash from Firefly. Okay. Where she where she is the captain, she's in charge, and her husband is sort of a civilian consultant on some stuff, but he's his primary role is to he's not like part of it, he's a civilian consultant on some information. He's got some expertise in something, but his primary role is to be at home 
and he's the one who has to have the conflict of do I stay home and take care of the kids or do I help on this particular mission? She, the expectation, she's going to work. Hmm. Do you want to say how far? I guess what I think would be interesting because I guess the one of the female roles that I think is done pretty well is Bones in TV. And I think that you have the ability to kind of have someone who is all about work, you know what I mean, who winds up sort of finding something along the way. Or, I mean, you could have her already be in a committed relationship or have a husband already, but I think that what would be interesting to see from a storytelling perspective, because I think this would be true if it was a male or a female character, but to, to see what having a child especially when you're in a, a position like that where you're making these calls that aren't necessarily like you're a lot of times choosing between bad and worse you know what I mean like you aren't being the the hero if most people knew what you were doing like they wouldn't be like pally with you you know what I mean like they would think poorly of you like I can't believe you did that you know but it's the hard decisions that somebody has to make and I just think it would be interesting to explore at some point like to show that person at, you know as she is to start with and then have her have a child, and then have that, how does she change? Does she change? Like, how okay. does that perspective affect I her life? I see what you're saying. Now that she's a mother, you know, would I make this decision? Would I want to teach my kid this? You know, right? And, like, the conflict okay. there between how do I, you know, lies. I mean, you're living a life of lies to begin with. You know, and how do you reconcile that once you've got a family? I just think then that would I be think, really interesting. I would think if that was the case then – you have her have the child later in the show. That's what I'm because saying. You never want the kid old enough to have to involve a child actor in this bullshit. Because <laughs> I've said it on the other show, and I'll say it now. Do not involve child actors. <laughs> but Unless they're really, really good, but that's... Scarlett hard. Palmer's. Naomi freaking Wildman. No, I you know what you do? You have, it be, have it be a baby on season three, and it's never only ever gets to, to you know... But to like it's two not, or three. But it's not about that. I mean, right, no, it's not about that. But that's what I'm saying. Like, you have the reason I think you have the child later is, you know, the added bonus, obviously, of not having to have a bad sure. child actor. But you, you, what you wind up with is, you know, a parent having to cope with that sort of a life that they had before, and like, how does that change their world? Because from what I understand, I mean, I've no, I don't have children, but like. Anyone that I've spoken to that has children has said it's you know sort of a it's sort of a life changing thing. So yeah. especially if you're in a in a, a world where you you're kind of heading up section thirty one that sort of deals in in lies and subterfuge. Like I feel like that would really like seeing that conflict would really be well, interesting. I, I don't think that they can head up section thirty one. I think you have to have an agents of shield sort of situation where they okay. are this other group, and I would say that they are this other group that. As Section 31 takes darker turns, maybe they're the ones who aren't quite so cool with it. So not only not only are they like not only are they uh, Section 31 and maybe not as squeaky clean as Starfleet, but they are more squeaky more squeaky clean than Section 31. So that they now they are also having to worry about Section 31 as they are starting to oppose. Section, okay, section so they start out because they're they're in line with what Section Thirty One is doing. They understand the necessary evils, but as those evils become a little bit more evil, Evident. it's yeah. like I don't know anymore. Like it becomes a little yeah. harder. Okay. okay, and and at that point they're in over their head, 
and it's too late to get out. So do you take the system down for the inside, or do you try to act for change? Well, and the right. thing, is, yeah, and I th and I don't think there can like you can't take the system down. That's got to be the not. So with the idea that section Are you going with the too big to fail model there. Well, <laughs> I just I I just think that that that. Well, I'm just going with the. I guess you can since it's an alternate timeline. Like yeah. maybe section maybe that's the final thing is they do like destroy section thirty one. Um, but I do think you want you talked about how far women have come, and I think that the biggest you know I consider my my personal relationship to be um, the, a prime example of how far women have come, like my like Justin, right? So my my wife is the breadwinner in our family. She's the one who both smart, we're both capable, we're both educated, we both have things that we did, but she was the one who was like, you know what? I want to do professional. I want to do the professional world, and I was like, okay, I will I will bring in uh, a good income, but a secondary income. Um, and my primary job will be to take care of the kids. Um, and as opposed to, you know, the idea of just being a house husband, I also wanted to be a professional and I have my aspirations, my dreams and things that I want to do too. But I, those are secondary to the breadwinner. I mean, that someone's got to pay the rent. So, mm -hmm. so if there's something I want to do or something even professionally I need to do, like if there's a snow day and the kids are, you know, one of us has to call in sick, guess which one of us calls in sick? Mm. Yeah, you know, it's got to be me. So, right. so, so, if you want to show how far women have come, I think that's a great way to show to go. You know what? Here's a family unit. Here's what the family unit is now. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, it is. You, it is and not, that's totally acceptable husband. family unit. Right. <laughs> yeah. Twenty years ago, the term house husband didn't even exist. Like, yeah. There wasn't even mm -hmm. thought of it. It was men go to work and make the money, and women stay home and pop out babies. Yeah, right? and so and and of course the only woman on Star Trek who could have a kid is also a doctor and a caregiver, and she's forced yeah. into it by the fact that her husband has died. And you know, it's like like no, let's let's go ahead and say, you know what? Here is a family. Here's a husband. Here's a wife. Here's a kid, and and you know the the wife is in the traditional husband role, and the husband is taking you know is is the one who's putting his career on hold, and she's the boss. And I think you want to show a, an example of how far women have come on Star Trek. Well, there's a, a huge thing to go because all the all the other women, right? As you go, Major Kira is you know they're tough as nails or they're adventurers. Yeah, like they're they, going they, basically, yeah, it's like you can't somehow if you are and this sort of this idea that you this tough woman, right? Yeah. And when you do that, like she's not, you know, that's the only like, like they think that that's somehow. I was some article I read this 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 girl blogger wrote and I was like oh my god I'm so with you like because I used to sort of play into that like yeah all right like go cool badass chick but like at some point it's like I want her to be human like oh, like it, it just more than just this archetype that is completely uncom you know not complex and 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 uncomplicated and it's like that's not a person you well, know that's why you well, got that's, that's kinda... to make the you got to make the I love the idea of it being a baby I agree with you so you make the husband a main character on the show too not a side right. character not a Keiko but he's also he's like a wash you make him a main character yeah and then you and cuz here's the thing on Star Trek as much as we say oh you've got the curious you get how many female characters on Star Trek how many any characters on Star Trek had a husband wife kid relationship but, but how many female characters in Star Trek seem to either be a mother or a professional? Not a yeah. mother Not and a mother a and a professional. And certainly, more importantly, I think what we don't see a lot of, like, even though Janeway was the captain of, the, of Voyager, 
I feel like in a lot of ways, she she wasn't the focus of that show. Do you know what I mean? Like, she was always secondary sure. to, like, other stuff going on. Whereas I feel like when Picard was the captain, he was, like, the captain. You know what I mean? Like, everybody was sure. sort of secondary to him. It was sort of like he was the sun and everybody else orbited around him in a lot of ways. And I think that if we actually saw, a you know, an interesting, complicated, feminine and, you know, bitchy and, you know, having moments and, you know, being human woman and her having... A family as well, like that being totally acceptable and and not, you know what I mean, and not having it have to be an uphill battle either. Like I think that's part of it. I think what we show is that that's totally normal, that that's completely yeah. accepted. That's the way that things are. And because I mean, a lot of times when I think we see stuff like that, it winds up being about that. Do you know what I mean? Like we have to show the struggle because women can't just be women. They could just be people. That's the thing. That's yeah. the problem that Star Trek has run into so often. It's that you mostly got guys trying to write women how stereotypical guys see women. So mm-hmm. you've got either crazy, bitchy, vulnerable, I'm a woman, take care of me, or yeah. you've got the reverse racism answer, which is we're going to go to the totally opposite end of the scale. She's a badass and nobody likes her because she's mean and she's tough. <laughs> I mean, you don't have a human being. Yeah. And yeah. You're absolutely right. There's never been that human captain. And they tried to do it. They tried to do it with Janeway, but it was still it was still a man's world. And it fell victim well, to that and, every time. And, and then you get and, seven and, of nine, which is obviously it's uh if you don't have a boner enough for the show, here you go. <laughs> yeah. Well and but I also I also think that it's you know it's important to make her a mother without making her motherly. Have you watched Bones? Like, does anybody else no. watch that no. show? No. Well, so she's what's great about that show is she's she's a little bit Sherlock, right? She's like really, sure. really smart, but she has trouble sort of connecting with people because she doesn't sort of emotionally she isn't she's not a sociopath, but she's emotionally not quite the same as other people. You know what I mean? Like she's off putting to a lot of people, but her sort of core group, her little squints. Like, they love her, and she loves them, and that shows, and then at some point in the show, she winds up, she gets pregnant, and she has a child, and sort of has a relationship there, and it's totally as you would expect her relationship with a child to be, you know what I mean? It doesn't completely change who she is, like, as a person, but she does go through some changes and understands things that maybe she didn't understand before from an emotional perspective and it was just it's really interesting to see but she's very complex like that like you really feel for her even though sometimes you're like I can't believe she just said that shit I was really insensitive like but she doesn't see it that way you know what I mean so she's really well, and I think I think I if you say if, and I think that will... I love internet delays because they make you delays. talk on top yeah. of each other. I it's, just I feel like it's one of the most real characters I've char- you know, characterizations of a woman I've seen. You know what I mean? Where she's like some of these more complex guy characters that aren't you know just this caricature of a person. Like it's really she's a complex being. What feature is it they're introducing there? The character is it that introspection where they're looking? You know, I should be a better person because I want to be a better example kind of thing. You know, would it be arguable to say that they did kind of that to Picard in the inner light when he got a chance to look at an entire other life and, you know, saw it start to finish? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we've totally we've gone on a totally different way than I want to go. Um, <laughs> uh, 
I will say that what I like about this show existing within the confines of Section 31 is that you also have this tension. The more you, like if you make this woman also a mother with a husband who's given up part of what he wanted to do in life because he decided that her job was more important. And you have that going on. And then you have a Dax character in there who we know is going to die halfway through and be replaced with a character. Hopefully, if you're smart, you introduce the other character. Like, it's, a no, it's not a, oh, the actor quit. It's a, we know this a season beforehand. So we set it up and we get it, you know. And, and you have all this. What I like about your Section 31 idea is that there's this tension. There's this, this looming, like, Section 31 could get us at any time. And and we got to be careful. So not only do they have the danger of what's happening to them every week, but there's also this like looming tension. And in the midst of all of it, it's a bunch of people who make a commitment, probably the, at the end of season one, because you can't have them be so dark forever. But at the end of season one, they decide to stop making moral compromises. They make they do the thesis statement of the show at the end of season one, where they're, where they're like, we're supposed to stand for something, and you know, let them go back to Roddenberry. Let them not be Roddenberry for the whole first season. And then let him say at the end, we're supposed to stand for something, and this is what we're supposed to be. And in everybody thinks that this is what it is, and we are going to stick to our moral ground within this. I think that's an interesting show. Plus there's lots of room for intrigue and action and adventure and Starfleet battles, and you can have, you know, I mean, and look you at can how certainly m- have a lot of commentary on what's going on in the world around us because, you, you know, you have them sort of at the, at the hub of that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. I would watch uh, this show. Yeah, I would watch this show too. By the way, on a side note, I saw RoboCop. Anyone else see RoboCop? No, I wanted to because I'm curious about it. I have, I feel like it's enough different that it might actually be good. I've heard it good is. things. I don't want to spoil things for you. Um, uh, there, it's a show. It's a movie that I would say if it didn't make two or three grand errors, and I'm talking about scenes where you're like, oh my gosh, why'd you do that? Like scenes as bad as like like Anakin's mom dying, where she's like, ah and her head is like in that weird thing, and you're like, why didn't you cut that moment? Why in the world would you put that in? There are there are like three scenes where that is the case, and if you were to take those out, I would give the movie an A. An A. And with those scenes, I'll still give it a, a solid B. See, that it's worries hard. me. I've heard so such good things that it's like, is the world trying to rickroll me into watching a potentially <laughs> terrible movie? No, it's not terrible. You know what? It's 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 absolutely passable with its own. I will say this, uh, and this is not this is no spoiler to say it's it's to entice you in. Um, RoboCop is the first RoboCop movie that's actually been about RoboCop. Like the first, like like in every other movie, RoboCop well, has. I feel like the RoboCop movies weren't. I mean, they're satires on sort of a, a genre. Like they're well, not. Let's be clear. RoboCop is a satire. The other movies, I don't know what they are. But RoboCop. Okay, is a, I, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, yeah. So yeah. my point is, I from what I understand, from what I've seen from this movie, it seems like they're kind of going a different way with it, and it's not about being a satire. It's about um, sort of the actual question of human and and man versus machine kind of situation, and I think that's an interesting thing to explore, and it makes sense. While while not a satire. And while you are right that it is a comment on the human condition, there is a political commentary going on within it that is, it strives to be, it, it gets dropped in the second half of the film, but there are questions raised that I think are valid, um, that are good. And I don't want to say anything more about it except to say that in the first RoboCop, like, RoboCop was sort of a, a 
he was the mechanism by which everything happened. But you're never really thinking about he, what's going on with him. This movie stars Robocop. This movie stars that character, and you're on that character's journey. I would absolutely, I'd give it a recommend. I'd say go see it. Um, so there. Well, I did want to uh, see it, so I'll probably try to make that happen. I, although, you have questionable taste, my dear. But I, I would still. Uh, I, you and I have not always agreed. You and I have not always agreed, Angel. Like Angel, um, have God. not. Oh, have not always agreed. Um, Gino, your Star Trek show. Well, I think I kind of talked about this last week a little bit when I was here. Uh, see what I did. When there. I was here, I saw it. That was funny. <laughs> uh, I, I still, you know, I, I want it to be in the future. No matter what we do, prime timeline or new timeline, it has to be in the future. It has to be past the things we've seen. If we try to keep it in the same universe, it's more the same. And I absolutely. Okay, so can it? Can it be in the future as in a year after the events of Into Darkness? Can it be happening concurrently with the films that are in some way prequels to the Prime Universe, but because they're, they're not tied to continuity, can, can it happen then? I think so, yeah. I think there's enough different things for that to happen, but it has to be after Into Darkness because we got to wait until after the third movie is made. They're already making – I mean the plans are for the third movie are set. Yeah. And we don't want to jump that gun because if they started a TV show now, the movie has to answer for the TV show. Yeah. And there has the to be strong show, link in there. Right. The the TV show should be its own separate thing. It needs to start Star Trek back up. It's been dead for so long. I mean, you when you think about the other series, there was original series, long wait, then next generation, then uh, Deep Space Nine, then Voyager, then Enterprise. I mean, they were all just boom, 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 boom back but, to back. But was there really a long wait? I mean, like, can I postulate that the original series ended in, like, 1970, and then the animated series happened, and then sure. the Star Trek The Motion Picture happened, mm -hmm. and then you had a Star Trek movie, like, every two years? And the then... motion picture happened ten years after the original series went off the air, though. Yes, but the animated series happened in, the, in between there. And then you did have a ten-year wait, which okay. you know you did have that wait. But I'm just right. I'm just saying that you by the time Next Generation came on, you had had Star Trek was happening a lot. Right. Well, at this point, Enterprise has been off the off the air for about ten years, right? Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Holy. I mean, it's, I am it's, old. Fuck. It's been a while <laughs> since we've had new Star Trek, and these new except movies last are, summer. Right. These new movies are starting something new back up in the same vein, and that's why I love JJ Trek because it's 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 this new Star Trek or it's no Star Trek, and yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would rather I would rather take the new stuff. What about a shared universe? What about a, what about an Agents of Shield situation where it it happens concurrently? You know, the Thor two happens. And in Thor 2, there's and a... And in Thor 2, I had such a fucking problem that they never showed up anywhere. Not that it was that those particular characters... Wait a minute. There was but, no shield. But on but on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they do show up right after Thor 2 happens in London, where the big battle happened, at the site of the big battle, dealing with the events of the big battle, and Sif from Thor is going to be in an upcoming episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think the I problem mean, is you lose focus there. It then becomes about when are we going to see these other people? When are they going to mention this other thing? And I think that's the problem you would have going back into uh, the Prime Universe. It's when are we going to talk about the you know 
the changelings? When are we going to talk about the Ferengi? It it needs to be devoid of that. And instead of references to one thing or another thing, it needs to be about what Star Trek is about. And I'm going to go full Roddenberry on you here and say it needs to be about us as people. It doesn't need to be about a story arcing from one week to the next. Lost was a great premise because it kept you interested, but from season one, they were destined to fail. Because I don't think every, Lost failed. If every episode is a cliffhanger, you could never end on a good note. I yeah. wept through the final episode of Lost. I called oh, Lost. God, the final episode uh, of Lost was so fucking stupid, dude. Here's the thing. I, I, <laughs> I'm I, in the minority, man. I know I am. I know I am. Um, so I, I, I also loved the final episode of Battlestar Galactica. Sorry. I haven't um, even finished Battlestar Galactica. I think I maybe got to season four and I was kind of done. You got I farther think, than I did. <laughs> I think I think Lost Lost took me on a journey that I'm not sad that I went on. I was I was okay. so engrossed for six years of my life. I I no way consider that to be a failure. Now I will I, say I was this. sad I went on that journey, but okay. I will I will say this. I'm really happy I went on that journey. It's not rewatchable. Like it's one of those things that that once it's done, like there's no reason to go back and watch it. Right. I mean, how many people do you hear say, oh, "I'm doing a next gen rewatch. I'm I'm rewatching yeah. Enterprise." And, you know, you sure. don't hear people say, "I'm I'm going back to Lost." Yeah. You know what happens at the end yeah. of Lost. Yeah, it's all Lost is all about answering the questions or not answering the questions. But, right, and know. I think going that Star Trek the, is about the characters. Yes, it it is a lot about the characters. It's a lot about their reflection on us, and mm -hmm. I think introducing the kid would be great because Star Trek has always lacked a procedural feel. People like DS9 over Voyager, and though they happen at the same time, Voyager was a proceed was a episodic show. So uh, you could watch season three, episode four, and then you could go watch season five, episode sixteen, and it wouldn't matter much. I mean, things might be a little bit different. Next gen's that way too. Yeah, DS9 was you got to know what happened last week to really get into this week, and. I think that would be okay. People want to be taken on a journey, and, and they want that story, and they want to get involved with the characters. And I think being involved with the characters... So which one do you want? So, so which one do you want? Do you want Next Gen or you want DS9? I want DS9 with a Next Gen feel. All right. Yeah, I, I think, think there's a way to compromise that. Growing up. I, so, you know, so pitch me your show. Pitch me your show. Here, I'm CBS. Pitch me your show. Pitch me your show, Jim. Okay, well, I, I like your Section 31 idea, and I'm going to rip it off. No, we're um, already doing that. Pitch me a different show. <laughs> Damn okay. it. Sorry, buddy. Uh, you've got New Universe and a crew of people in the next generation, about how long it would have taken from original series to next generation as far as like Star Trek time. What is it, like two to 400 years or something? Uh, 87 years. Wow, that was way off. <laughs> <laughs> so 87 years in the future from the events of Into Darkness and whatnot. Okay. You've we've met the Ferengi, we've met the Klingons who were always going to be at war at at, at this point, and you're an aggressive Starfleet. You can't be about exploration. You have to be about defense and about war. And in the midst of all of this, you've got a crew of people who are being brought together by the fact that they're fighting, you know, almost day after day to save each other's lives, and you get kind of a, a band of brothers type of feel where it's like we've gone through so much and we've seen so much pain together that we we can't explore. We have to succeed as people. And I think that would be a good way to show us 
kind of coming out of this this shit of TV shows about cake and rednecks being famous. Let's let's move beyond that. And I, I think with a next gen era, except for Chopped, Chopped is great. <laughs> you whatever, fine. But but reality shows are just stupid. I'm sorry. It's a game show. It's a game show. They're, look, they, that's different. Game shows and reality shows yeah. are not the same thing. They're much different. All right, go on. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Well, that, that's my premise. I I love Next Gen. I think it's because it was part of my childhood. You know, the the wood grain of that bridge and the soft beiges matched with the warm colors made me feel like home. But they they introduced intrigue. You, you felt connected to the characters. Captain Picard will always be part of me. And, you know, I don't feel the same way about Cisco, and I don't know why that is. You know... I don't either feel the same way about Cisco. I think, and that's why I think you're right. There's somewhere in between, right? Because I'm not totally with Justin on the whole DS9. Like, by the time DS9 was done, and it was always, you had to see, like, last time on DS9, and then you had to sort of wait ten minutes while they caught you up if you had missed something. Like, I don't want it to be that far. But I but think I it can be... But I don't want episodic. But not just episodic. I think you can do something in between where you're still, the characters are growing and changing, and there is an overarching storyline that is bigger than them, but you can pepper in sort of things in there that that wind up being sort of uh, open and shut. Do you know what I mean? Like you have a beginning and a, and a middle and an end within the episode, but then things that are sort of a longer form story are happening as well. You know what I mean? You know, the, the thing I would say, though, uh, in, in DS9's defense is I agree with you. Um, Picard over Cisco in terms of who I feel emotionally connected to. But that's because Next Gen was all about Picard. Um, so, yes, Picard over Cisco I probably care about more. But... Do I care about Kira over Riker? They're about the same. Do I care about uh, Dax over Data? No, probably Data. But then after that, <laughs> but then after that, do I care about O'Brien more than than the Forge? Absolutely. Do I care about Bashir more than Crusher? Absolutely. Do I care about Ezri, who's only there for a season? Fuck Ezri. More, but do I care about her more than I care about Troy? Yes. No. Uh, you, you know what, Alexia? No. You were with me when we voted Troy the most useless character in no, all of Next Gen. But I um, didn't. I didn't. Uh, you know, do I do I do I care do I care about Odo more than I cared about Worf? I don't have to because Worf was on DS9, and I care about DS9 Worf more than I care about Next Gen Worf. Um, uh, I would say the thing about DS9 is I care about Nog and Rom more than I care about Jordy LaForge. And they're not even main characters on the show. So while Cisco, I don't feel the connection to, that's because, not like I do Picard, it's because there's so much Picard in, in Next Gen, whereas in DS9, you get entire episodes about Nog and Rob. And right. they're awesome. But you get so much of so many other people. I mean, yeah, I want to see a Nog and Rom episode, but I also wanted Cisco and O'Brien and Kira and Dax and Odo sure. and Bashir and Worf all to show back up. And there's just so many people. I think Friends got it right with six people. And you don't go outside right. of that circle. That's I don't know. probably I, I, as much attention as we can pay to one show. I don't know that you have I to agree have, with it. Yeah, you have to have a smaller number of core, I think. Because then that keeps you um, involved. Sadly, I, I think O'Brien always fell to the era of beta character. 
I, except I think you've that got... every time, except I cared about O'Brien when it was an O'Brien episode. I, I my heart wept for that guy when he when he had on Deep Space Nine. Yeah, I mean, because he didn't really get to do much. <laughs> Have you seen the comic time? strip yes, of O'Brien at work? So fucking funny. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh. Um. All right, so I, I, I get so so pitch me the show. All right, so it's a is it a ship? Yeah, I want a ship. I always wow. loved seeing the ships. All right, tell me about the captain. I like the woman captain thing, and you know, the more you look into, there are threads. If you go into the inner tubes, there are all sorts of threads of people saying, this is what I want new Star Trek to be, and a lot of them are saying they want a female captain. And I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with seeing a woman in charge who can be in charge. I want to be able to respect you. Not just as a woman, as a captain. I want right? to feel okay to salute you. I want to be confused whether or not I call you sir or ma'am. Because we're, right. technically, we're not there yet as a society. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, we've got pl- we we've still got a long way to go, sadly. But that's the thing that that but that's why I think it's right to do it on Star Trek because it's about pushing boundaries. Yeah. I want to see gay characters, and I don't want it to be totally. an issue. Yep. Agreed. I want it to be as as the passing of night and day. As, as commonplace, yep. As commonplace as anything, because that's us in the future. Yep. And yep. once... I think the, the biggest problem with our society right now is the fact that there are assholes out there who think that a gay person is wrong for being gay. Yeah. And... I see a future not far from now where the enlightened people of the future will look back and go, well, that was really stupid. Here's I mean, the thing, like, though. I think we I, can look I don't back want... now and say, wait a minute, we made black people drink out of different water Do you see fountains? what I'm saying? Like, it's totally – the people who are there right now on, on the gay issue are – they're on the wrong side of it. In history, they're going to be the ones that were like, they thought what? They're like, going to be the Hitlers what's... of the past. Yeah. All right, but here's 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 what I would I would say in response to that because I think that you you run into problem when you start calling a group of people assholes, right? Because there are okay. a bunch of so I think I, I hate to always jump back to Firefly, but I think Firefly did it really well. Firefly had Shepard Book, who was immediately stuck in his own conceptions, but never gave up on his faith, and yet had it challenged. And he was right there in the pilot episode where he was like. He didn't know what to think of Inara. He didn't know how to deal with Inara. Um, yes, and, that's and true. Yet, but he didn't and, go and, into each person's quarters and go, Inara's a whore and you should hate her. Right. No, that's, that's what, what he, Mal did. He met point. with her like, and I said, think... tell me about you. So, but that, that's, that's the thing. Is I, think, I think that 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 you have to be able, if you're going to explore the issue, um, I, I love using the science fiction to, like, have a gay yeah. character and ha- have it be a non-issue. But then if you want to explore the issue... Yeah, you can have a person who winds up there that's, you know, probably a person of some faith, I would imagine, yeah. based on... Fr- I'd love to the see issue, that. You know, that love... comes in and, and doesn't know how to deal with that, maybe, you know? And... Or, not the, or, not, or not the gay thing, but some other aspect. I would love... That's something I would love to see in Star Trek, is a mm-hmm. is what I loved about Shepard Book, because, you know, I've, I've come... You know, I'm, I'm not... Although I'm fucking crass, you know, I've not hidden the fact that I, you know, I'm also believe in Jesus. So, so put those two together as best you can. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. but, but I, what I loved about Shepard book is that like, like, yeah, put a guy, you know, something that people of faith are dealing with. Cause if you want to reflect the human condition, you know, there is 
right now a lot of anti-Christian sentiment out there, especially in entertainment, and that's something that, you know, the backlash exists there too. That's what I love about Shepard Book is you had Mal's attitude toward him. So you want to reflect the human condition, reflect that too. But also reflect how Jane felt weird around Shepard Book because he felt the Shepard Book was judging him. So, okay. so like, 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 if you want to have these deep, I think you could. I mean, I look. I'm always going to just jump back to Joss Whedon, right? So, like, like, you know, I hate to hold the guy up to such high standards, but go like, there's a guy who said, you know what? We're going to deal with all the issues. You and, show me a Joss Whedon Star Trek, and I will watch it. I don't care what the premise is. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if you call me, a, show me a Joss Whedon show called Stereo Instructions, I'll watch it. So, because <laughs> they'll be they'll be really smarmy. Yes. Yeah, they will. Uh, they will definitely be smart. Um, and you won't be sure how to really hook it up by the end, but you know, <laughs> but you know at but least you'll have enjoyed the journey. <laughs> and one of your components will die. It's oh just, yeah, no, it's a known fact. If they make it to the end, you know, oh. they'll cut it off right as you're just finished unboxing the whole thing. Right. I know. It'll be, be a completely unexpected time. I know. Everything yeah. It's cool and normal, and then just like boom, gone. Um, Finish it so, yourself. The rest is in Spanish. Yeah, but I love I love I love your concept, Gino, of going, okay, let's like Roddenberry, let's populate this crew. Maybe the section thirty one crew, maybe your own crew. Let's populate it, go, what is the let's explore the human condition. What people are dealing with what. And you mm -hmm. can't just go liberal. You can't just go because a lot because let's say Next Gen yeah. was an incredible Next Gen was an incredibly liberal show. You so, have to look at both sides. Yeah, and just go go, let's let's put them there. Let's mm -hmm. put someone there and make them absolutely human. Let's put the person there who feels like the Fox News follower, and let's not make their journey that they absolutely abandon that position. You know, let's 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 make them. Let's just human. have them question that. Yeah, let's and let's have everybody question what they are, and 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 have them go on the journey of very sort of postmodern, you know, millennial postmillennial journey. I think that's a great idea. Is to is to go. Who do we populate the the show with? We populate the show with different aspects of the human condition, all the way from from you know faith to different political leanings to you know the gun toter who's like, listen, I it's my right to the other person who goes, but you're just carrying around something to kill someone with, and just both points of view and say both these points of view are valid, and let's have it be what Star Trek was about, which is. Let's not just have them debated all the time, but fucking coexist. Yeah, coexist. Yeah, go have have need to provide some sort of answer. I think a big problem, especially with those the people who are spending money right now, is a sense of individuality. Look at all the hipsters. Sure, they're they're the same because they're trying to be individuals. Sure. Yeah, and I, and I think I, if you. If you introduce that to Starfleet, which is so squeaky clean, like you said, and everybody dresses the same and everybody does the same thing, how is somebody going to be themselves? Yeah, and I think that that's I I think that's what I like about this idea is that you can because I think that so, sort of a bigger issue, like a more human issue that goes beyond um, uh, male female relations and how they're treated in society or gay or not gay or any of that stuff. I think a bigger issue that exists is people like at a very base level sort of have a desire to be accepted sure. by, by other people. And what that does to us in a lot of cases is what becomes norm and what becomes good and what becomes what you should do. And then people 
wind up being not themselves or you know individuality is squashed in some way because you want to be liked well that's what I love about Sherlock right Sherlock wants to be liked but the, it, the question was raised I forget it was first or second season does he have Asperger's it's not something they discuss but it's something that Watson considers does mm -hmm. Sherlock have uh, and it's just it's a flat if it flashes for just a second it's like literally like probably 12 frames but the word Asperger's appears on on frame on screen I would love to have that kind of character maybe not necessarily an Asperger's character or an autistic character but a character who doesn't fit in but wants to but doesn't know how a socially awkward character but not like oh no socially awkward and you know we all love you know I I want not we all love him anyway but like how do you deal? I think do, dealing with that within, and then whatever human conditions you're not able to explore in your core seven characters, then you go out and use sci-fi to explore the rest of them. And 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 yet I think you can do it in the midst of a of a of a you know you know a a, a, a romp. I like a, a sci-fi romp. I think you can do it. I think I, I absolutely think you can. Like not every episode has to be like super heavy. You know. Like, sure. But you yeah. you definitely can put it in there and and you it's can. It's context and subtext. That's yeah. that's what's going on underneath. Yeah. Um, well, okay. I guess it's my turn. Um, Seems like. Uh, the there was a show that was proposed uh, for a Star Trek animated series a few years ago before JJ took over, and I loved this idea for a show. It took place 200 years after the end of the Next Generation era, and the idea was this: the Federation had been decimated. There had been a giant war, the Federation had been decimated and contracted into itself and was much smaller than it had been before um, because of this giant war and all the stuff that had happened. And that basically, not necessarily isolationist, but for whatever reason, I think there was something like, like warp drive didn't work, like something happened it didn't work past port uh, after, hold on, Hold on. Hold on. My cat... Sorry, my cat decided to jump on my wireless keyboard. <laughs> and... And my computer's doing bizarre things. I apologize. I don't it's because to Spike's trying to play with my head and he knows that I'm in the computer. <laughs> um, uh, yes, my cat's name is Spike. Don't judge. Um, so, uh, so, so I loved this concept of a... Of, it was basically like... Warp, like warp had been restricted for a while, and then they find a way to get it back. And it's about the re-exploring of the Federation, rebuilding. Um, so you go out, and I think that's one of the things that we're facing right now in terms of the, the human condition, is that we, you know, we know everybody now. Like we're very, like you said, the internet, everything's available to us. So now it's about a lot of it's about understanding. So how do you re-meet? The Ferengi. What if you meet, re-meet the Ferengi, and two hundred years have passed for them too, and they're not into profit anymore, but they're that's still great, Ferengi. That's a great idea. I mean, <laughs> and, we're destroying stereotypes. Yeah, I think and that's been built on stereotypes for so long that now that we're all interconnected and know each other, it's like, wow, well, you know, all women aren't just moms. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and, and that's and that's and I loved I loved that idea of of. I'm not saying that's a show I would do, but I love that idea of going out and essentially the Federation has become much smaller. People have quit. It's they we haven't been able to travel. Now we can go back and we're re-exploring the in the in the mission of the ship, which was going to be called the Enterprise. 
Um, and no J or anything. It was just like in the future. You know, they didn't have the numbers anymore. And they said, we are calling ourselves the Federation, which maybe they haven't even called our, called themselves in a while. And the ship, of course, the what we would name it is Enterprise. And would we go out... NCC registry? I don't know. That would be great. And, just Enterprise. That's it. Yeah. And we, and we go out to rediscover... You know, so we go to the Romulans and we go, okay, let's see how this goes. You know, and, <laughs> and all we have is our preconceived notions. And it is, it was going to be a big, you know, there was going to be action. There was some of it's going to be a war show. People who were our friends were now going to be our enemies. People who were our enemies were now going to be our friends. Uh, it's a dangerous show because you don't know what you're going to find. But unlike the show Enterprise, it's not just you're blind going out there. It's that... You it's that you have these preconceived notions to kind of deal with, right? Yeah. To, to, like, realize that time has passed and things may not be as they were, but, like, that's still going to color you. Like, you have more yeah. of a flavor of, like, when they're trying, like, in Star Trek Six, when they're trying to do, you know, trying to essentially come to peace yeah. with the Klingons, and Kirk has to really deal with the fact that he has a lot of hate there, like, and has mm -hmm. to maybe let go of that, you know? So I think I that's love, interesting. I love that idea for a show. Me too. Uh, um, and it I could think... have a lot to do about what we are right now. I mean, think about Dutch people. They don't all live in windmills wearing wooden shoes. Sure. And, and, I, think, and I think that you could have um, callbacks. Like, I, there's no reason Data couldn't be alive. Sure. You know, other than the fact that he died in Nemesis. But <laughs> there's, there's... There's before. It's okay. There's all... no reason that the Doctor couldn't still be alive. There's no reason that there couldn't be a Dax. There's no reason that there couldn't be like you can have callbacks to things that existed before, um, and you could even have characters recur, you know, and and that would be an interesting point of view to have. And I and so like you, it could still be very much Star Trek, um, and based in the universe that you know. Um, that's not the show I'd want to do. I actually, I am so upset about the destruction of the Prime Timeline, and and I think that. I would want to do a future show as well. Um, I always loved the idea of a timeship enterprise or a timeship or something that is dealing with the time travel aspect of Star Trek. And I thought that it would be really interesting to have um, basically a show that deals with repairing, basically quantum leaping Star Trek somewhat, um, a sh that explores basically, and you get to know the characters on the show and they have their own intrigue and you have recurring things, you have recurring enemies, you just like you do on any other Star Trek show. It's it's about the seven main characters and what's happening there, and you have people that they run into every week that they run into very often. But like Next Gen, they're going from sometimes planet to planet, sometimes era to era, but they're basically they're attempting to repair the events, repair the events done in, in Star Trek 2009. But that doesn't work. Why? Because I told you the t prime timeline wasn't destroyed. All right, but that's what I'm saying. Ways, I got to tell you this seriously. Right. What if it wasn't? But listen, what if the reason? I, and it's not that I have a problem with your idea of the of of time travelers should go around trying to sort of repair the timeline. I think sure. that works. I think what you're not understand, like I guess, you're right. In Star Trek, any time prior to 2009, that the that we something happens in the past and it changes the future, the difference in those scenarios and that would be different about these sort of time travelers, right, is that they're, they would basically be repairing a specific timeline. 
their timeline. Like, because that's, that's what, basically the difference is in 2009, the reason it doesn't, it feels like this prime timeline is destroyed to you is because usually in Star Trek, we would follow that the, the, they were sort of out of time, right? So they are still linked to their universe, right? And they're sort of not in that slipstream anymore. So they go, they're traveling in their, within their own timeline to restore it to the way it was before. Versus we don't see the characters who were a part of the offshoot. Like, we don't follow that story. And that's the story we followed in 2009. We followed the story after the offshoot. Like, it already happened. Things changed, and we kept watching past that point. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I know. I, I see what you mean. So you can't so go I, back and... I, I certainly think you can have a show like that, you know what I mean, where they basically go around trying to repair their timeline. You could have some cataclysmic shit that's going on. You could sort of revive that uh, temporal Cold War situation. Well, um, I, I, I don't think that necessarily temporal Cold War as much as you could have... Um, I love the idea of being able to explore... Uh, I mean, I maybe mean, it's a shitty idea. It's the worst of the three ideas that we've had, but I just... I, it's, it's like Don't like, be down on yourself like don't that. Uh, don't, don't be down. Um, it's, but it I, is, though. Just what, <laughs> what I like What I like about it as a concept is just that it... I would love to see something. Or maybe what you do is you do the show that takes place 200 years in the past, and you have it both consist of the the new timeline and the original time and you say that it was somehow merged that that there you have time travel be a part of it and you just have it be something you drop you know season five where you go you go there was an event that split our time frame you know and that event was and that event was corrected but we're still dealing with it and that's all you say you don't deal with it for an entire another fucking season like when you first drop the dominion you know and it can be a thing that you go back to and you explore if you so want to or you don't need to. Um, but I like the idea of moving forward as well. Um, and I want to acknowledge both. I'd be worried about getting haters on that because if you're talking about people who say, just like I've said for a little bit, but I'm going to mock myself, Star Trek is about the human condition. Then if you make it about changing the past, that tells people, you mean, should I regret the decisions that I've made? Right. Well, maybe that's a question. Um, you know, I mean, what you we, would, can't, we can't change. I, I, it would be great if time travel existed. I would go all over the place. But if right now, physically, it's not a thing, so I have to live the best life I can going forward. Oh, and you know, you know what that else? One time in third grade, when I got beans on my hand, and instead of being a smart kid and going to the bathroom and washing it off or wiping it off with a napkin, I wiped it on the back of a kid out on the playground, and I still regret it. You know what you nope. could do if back in in your guys' show, or especially in your Section Thirty One show, you could have a character from the Prime timeline going back and going, "I'm in the wrong past. This is this isn't right." Like there's I really a, like how they did that with Tasha Yard in yesterday's Enterprise. Well, there's yeah. a character there's a character in X Men named Rachel Summers that dealt with that a lot. Who's from a post post apocalyptic place, but she's the child of Jean Grey, and she goes back mm -hmm. in time, and she can't have been born because at the time she would have been conceived, Jean Grey was dead, and oh. and and when she deals with it, like when she's like, this can't be, this isn't right, she fucking freaks out, and it's I loved the idea of I come from a future that can't have happened, if they had explored Harry Kim's character a little bit better, they set him up for that. Yeah. And they never gave us that resolution. Um, but that's my idea. Yeah, I think they just that did a great disservice to him. 
the last thing I, I would like to say is that I would be all for a reboot of the next generation. I think you could do it. I think it would be interesting. I think people would immediately watch it. Yeah. And people are down for reboots. Um, and I think that if you did it, you know, you need to get it needs to work in the first five episodes. Like you need yeah, to go, yeah. like <coughs> you need immediately for people to go. It can't be like Agents of Shield, which has taken nine episodes to get good. No, like it's it's got to be from. Well, the way Star Trek works is you're not really getting going until season four. So well, that's they, that's what they I'm have saying. To break you're, that curse. Yeah, they gotta they gotta go out of the gate and go. Okay, I get this. Is this, this is the same but different? Um, and you can't do something crazy like you know like you know Jordy's a woman now. No, it's make it the same characters, but just just update them for this u- new universe. Sure. Um, I think that would be really you know what we know about the advancement of our technology now and show us what 24th century would be versus what we thought it would be in, you know, yeah. 1989. And you can all relate it back. And then if you do, then you could, you know, eventually have a crossover, you know, a crossover episode. Well, and I think you could minimize the whole, like, I don't think you have Picard and George, like, I don't think you have the same ship. I think no, that's what I'm a- saying. Have, have the Enterprise D with a new Picard. That's what I'm saying. Call it Star Trek The Next Generation and have much of it be the same characters played by different actors, just like the Star just Trek like movies. Okay. Yes, but in the reboot timeline. But then, if you get into the characters, you could absolutely have, just like we had the Mirror Universe, you could have crossover episodes, like the Mirror Universe, where you find yourself in this alternate universe, where things are just a little different. You know what that universe is? The prime fucking timeline. And you're like, and you're like fuck, what is this? And yeah, you but have the prime both... timeline's pretty nice by comparison, I think. Like, that's I what I'm saying. Those... Sure, it doesn't just have to be you go to an evil place. It could be you go to a place that's very tempting to stay. There's your quantum leap example. That yeah. makes you that makes going home really yeah. hard. Yeah. Like when you kind like, of a sliders type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting thing to happen every every once in a while. Anyway, listen, this has been wonderful. Gino, thank you for coming on, man. Yeah, thank man. you guys for having me. This is so much fun. I hope you had I hope you had fun. We're definitely gonna have you back. Um Melissa, watch out. Because <laughs> Because you're in the future. For <laughs> um, but uh, in the meantime, uh, guys, this has been a wonderful discussion. Thank you guys so much. Thank you guys for listening. Listen, I forgot to say it last time. Um, give us a five-star review on iTunes. Review us on iTunes. Go to trekoffpodcast.com. If you're listening right now because you saw the link or something, just go on whatever your phone is and subscribe. Uh, you know you can go on, like, you can search apps on your iPhone and, and get a podcast app and then just subscribe so that we just appear in your mailbox every 10 days. Like, there's there's a bunch of ways to follow. Don't disengage. Let us know in, in, in that you are listening on Facebook. Get in touch with us. Uh, um you know, if, if we are slow to respond on the Trek off Facebook, do like us there because that's where announcements happen. But, you know, look up, you know, Justin Timpain and Alexia Poe and look up Gino Younger and go listen to the Delta Quadrant when you're done with this. Like, like we're all there. We're all there to interact with you and respond. And, and thank you so much for listening. My name is Justin. And my name is Alexia. And my name is Gino. Trek off. Trek off, bitches.
You are listening to the Geeks Radio Internet Radio Network at geeksradio.com, home of Trek Off, the Not Safe for Work Star Trek podcast, Pop Off, where we geek out on comics, movies, and TV shows that are the superstars of geek culture, Podcast Who, the Doctor Who podcast with Phil Stamper, Ninjas vs. You, the official podcast of the Ninjas vs. Trilogy, and Garrett and RJ Go Hollywood, two regular guys trying to make it in Tinseltown. All of this is available for you for free by going to geeksradio.com or searching Geeks Radio on iTunes. Geeks Radio is a presentation of Endlight Entertainment.